my wife actually mm-hmm. told me when we were watching it because she's heard it too not as much as me but she's heard it but we were watching it on um the first time and she goes yeah I probably would have been crying except for you were crying and that like <laughs> so yeah apparently there's room for both of us <laughs> right the, the world is wide enough um <laughs> So I don't really know um, because all my podcasts are just me and one guest at well, all my, I have one um, besides this, but so I, I normally like do a different intro, but now I don't know. We're just starting and we're rolling. And um, hi guys, my name is Josh. Um, I have my friends, Andy and Audrey with me um, and they're going to introduce themselves right now. Say, Hey guys. Hey guys, I'm Andy. Hi there. I'm Audrey. Yes. The, the male voice is Andy, the female is Audrey. That is how that, that works. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, look, so we're here um, to talk about Hamilton. Um, that's really um, what birthed this idea. Um, I have too many of them. And Hamilton came out on Disney Plus And I was like, um, I love this show so much, which I already did. And I was like, I want to talk about it, but I want to do it in a cool way. And so Andy you had never seen it or heard it. I had never seen or heard anything outside of like pop culture, Um, like in terms of like just hearing brief snippets of it or um, references within different places. Like I think I saw Lin-Manuel Miranda on SNL and his monologue was like a a version of my shot, like not throwing Mm. away my shot. And so I was like, okay, okay, I get this. I remember Josh, you actually told me about it and I, he was like, dude, you need to tell, you need to listen to this cast album. And I was like, I'm not doing that until I see it. I'm going to be pure. Uh, that's just the, my philosophy. Yep. But I didn't realize that it is the entire show. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You're, you're not unique in that. I have several friends that I've been, I was like, you need to listen to this. They're like, I'm going to wait until I see it. And I was like, well, then you're going to wait for a really long time. Have you tried to get tickets to Hamilton? Um, and at the time, you know, we're, we're down South and, uh, that, which wasn't down here yet. Um, and then when it did come through, it was in Atlanta, like briefly, I think, um, but they were really expensive. Um, and so, but so I had a lot of people that were like, I'm not going to listen until I can see it. And I was like, well, then you're just missing out on all these times you could be listening to Hamilton. Um, and actually to, to your point, there's a couple of things that are not, and we'll talk about those as we go through this show, but there's a couple of things that are not on that cast album um, that actually shocked me. Um, Audrey, what's your connection to the show? Yeah, so I have a degree in musical theater and I've been working professionally as an actor and choreographer and director for the last 11 years now. So I'm very deeply entrenched in the musical theater world. And I think I first heard of Hamilton, I was working a contract out in Colorado and one of the directors was New York based and uh, she became a good friend of mine and she came in and just just couldn't stop talking about how amazing this production was. So 
that was in 2015. So it was really, really early in the process. And so she was just couldn't stop talking about how amazing it was. So I kind of held off for a little while, more less of being a purist and more of like, oh, I'm not going to jump on a bandwagon. Sure. And so I, I, uh, you know, held off for a little bit, but that fall I was, had a little bit more time on my hands and I was doing some work and I wanted to listen to some new music. A lot of my other friends had seen it at that point and were talking about how amazing it was. And so I listened to it. So my first exposure was listening to it. Mm-hmm. And so that was in fall of 2015 and loved the album. Couldn't stop listening to it. Thought it was amazing. Every time I listened to it, it was something new. But now since then, I've seen it a few times. So I saw it uh, on Broadway, not the original production, but I saw it on Broadway in 2018. And then one of my best friends was in the touring production that was in Chicago for a long time. So I saw I saw her in it once and then I saw it another time. She's a dance captain in a swing. So I saw one evening where she wasn't in it at all. And then I saw almost a completely different cast because a lot of the swings were in. So a lot of people that were sort of understudies for those that don't know the terminology that they were in. I was about to ask. Yeah, yeah. So um, a swing technically is someone who understudies multiple roles. So the concept is that they can kind of swing into a bunch of different characters, right? So the swing isn't always in a role, which is a little bit different than an understudy. So an understudy is usually in the ensemble and they understudy a role. So there's kind of a Tetris that happens. A swing is not always in the play. When someone goes out, they come, they swing into the play. So for for brains to understand, look at me, knowing things. It was a, uh, <laughs> this is already a good choice. This was already, this was the right move. You just yeah. keep, keep more of that coming. That'd be great. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I do not know. I can't remember accurately exactly like the moment that I listened to Hamilton. I've never seen it. Um, well, I've seen it on Disney plus now, like most of the world. Um, but I yeah. had never seen it live. I did have tickets to it. I was supposed to see it in Jacksonville literally the day that everybody locked down um like that's when i was supposed to go and uh i still technically have tickets um though that has been moved to next year sometime um but i'm not i'm not letting go of them we're just gonna we're just gonna i will keep those tickets until you know whenever i can go see it yeah um you're not gonna throw away your shot are we already (laughs) are we already doing are we already doing like references um, we can't not. That's true. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not I'm not throwing away my shot. Um, but I've listened to the cast album like a gajillion times. Um, I don't exactly remember. I think so. I'm trying to put it in a timeline. I remember like I went to go see Wicked in Atlanta like 2015 ish, and I think because of that, I got like on a Broadway kick. Um, and I had seen, I knew about it. Like people had talked about it. I'd heard about it. It was all over pop culture, but I literally knew zero, zero about it other than that it was called Hamilton. Um, and I think there's a YouTuber, um, Philip DeFranco, and he was talking about it on his show one time, just randomly, like offhand, my favorite song is this, um, which his favorite song I think was Guns and Ships. And he said, it's something about it being really fast rapping. And I was like, okay, now I'm, now my interest is peaked. Let me go check it out and uh, I listened to the whole cast album and then I listened to it again and again and again and again and um, cried a lot and laughed a lot and rapped really poorly a lot 
Um, and I was like, this is so good. This is the best musical I've ever heard. Now, my knowledge is not expansive. I have seen some shows um, and I like music and I like musical theater in as much as I have experienced it. Um, but I have, I think really that, that show kind of started branching me out into like, let me look at some other things and see what I like out there. Um, but I had never seen it um, with other than like little, like, you know, they performed it over here, this piece over here. I think of the Tonys one year, they did um, a bit from it. And um, so I've seen those things and I'd seen um, when Lin-Manuel did it at the, like the opening, what would become the opening song. Um, I saw that. And then I saw like some videos of them doing it at the White House and that's it until like, what is it now? The 15th. So a couple of weeks ago um, when it hit Disney plus. And um, so, yeah, so that's my, that's my exposure to it. So anyway, here's the point of this whole show. Um, we've all have different connections to this show. We've all seen it a different amount and looked at it at different ways. And so this might be an expansive undertaking, but the idea is there's what, 46 songs in Hamilton. Um, the plan is to talk about all of them um, and just go through week by week and talk about one song uh, and just pull it apart, look at it. I want to hit it from like a musical angle I want to hit it from a theater angle. I want to talk about the history of it and just have fun loving Hamilton. That's the plan. Yeah, I think he's been so just absorbed into pop culture now because, you know, he has all of those movies with Disney, um, like with the the songs in Moana. Like, I know for me, I was like a little bit of a hater at first because of the bandwagon thing, like what you were talking about, Audrey. And uh, Totally. And uh, so I was like, okay, whatever. It's probably just another Broadway show like any other. <laughs> and then I started hearing, like I saw him, he did like a guest spot on How I Met Your Mother. Mm -hmm. um, and the last season, they do like a bedtime stories where the whole show is in rhyme. And I think he helped co-write it at least, but he definitely starred in it. Yeah. Uh, and so I heard that and I was like, okay, okay, he's, he's, he's pretty good. And then you hear how far I'll go in Moana and you just get chills all up and down your arm and you're like it's, it's a little dusty in here <laughs> um, and, then, and so you obviously like obviously you start to see pieces of it and you start to see pieces of his genius and I think it's almost fully formed in in this in this musical yeah absolutely I think you know Andy I think what you and I spoke about and then I've, I've talked to other people too um, and this is for anybody that might be listening that if you're for whatever reason on the fence or didn't jump on the bandwagon when it launched on Disney Plus, there were a lot of people who were like, oh, it's hip hop and a musical. And they kind of like tuned out. I don't think that was necessarily you, but there were people that did that. Um, I think I heard it the word. Me. I, I know it wasn't you because you don't, you don't hate rap music. You like, um, but there were people that were like a, a rapsicle. I'm not going to. And, um, you know, I just don't think it's something that people have done like much of at all. Um, I mean, am I, am I speaking out of turn there Broadway wise, Audrey? No, I don't think that you are. I think this was really, there have been attempts before, but, um, nothing that was so fully in integrated into the hip hop world. Mm -hmm. The thing that I would say probably had like the closest, uh, approximation of this kind of like hip hop style, sort of like using the color of it starting was Lin-Manuel's 
first musical on Broadway, which was in the Heights, right? So that's like, that's where you started to see like some, like Usnavi, like spitting some rhymes, like in this moment. And like that for, for the world of musical theater was, Lin-Manuel has this like penchant for continuing to like just completely surprise the Broadway audience. Mm. So it was like that he's like dabbling a little bit and being like, okay, like the world's ready for this. And that really laid the groundwork, right, for for Hamilton years later. So uh, I don't think you're wrong in that uh, approximation. I think that this is really the first, certainly the first like blockbuster musical Mm. that is heavily influenced by hip hop music. Yeah, I mean, I think there's been, I mean, you can think of things like, I don't know, bring in the noise, bring in the funk and things like that, where there was like a hip hop, it's there and that's part of it. But what Hamilton is doing is not going into like, here's every bit of hip hop culture. It's using hip hop as a medium to do something else. And I think that's what I found really interesting um, as someone who's super into hip hop. And so when I, like, it was just, to me, it was like this whole other level thing. And I'm glad you brought up In the Heights because I think a lot of people like are shocked because they're like, oh, Hamilton's so good. I'm like, I mean, the man already won. How many Tony? Did that just win one Tony or? I'm not sure how many it won. It won Best Musical. I do know that. Right. So like, you're not talking about. Like the big one. (laughs) Yeah, right. Right. You're not talking about some nobody like this guy. Like, you know, he. I think and I love In the Heights what I, you know, I've just listened to the cast album of it as well. Um, But I think Hamilton is a fuller realization of what you know like you said what he was starting to do within the heights um yeah cool okay so give me your um andy this will be easier for you i think um like first impressions of the show like not just like oh this is what i thought before but like the final note ends what are you at the first time it was a lot (laughs) uh it was a lot um I, I typically, the way I consume media is typically on my phone, mm-hmm. um, like halfway watching a lot. Some, and so I knew I, know. I lived with you. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I have a partner in that as well. Yeah. I was just as bad. No, I just wasn't <laughs> pot calling the um, black. But the thing that the thing with this is I knew I needed to pay attention because I knew it was, um, I knew it was all performance. I knew it was all um rap and very intricate lyrically and and added in the fact that it's like a stage show and so i knew i needed to keep the phone away put the phone down um and i turned the subtitles on which if you haven't watched it yet and you haven't seen it at all like watch it with the subtitles at least for right now um for that first time you see it just so you can get a sense of what of what it is i also had to pause it a few times because it was just so much information um i thought i i was just so engrossed in it that i looked at my watch and it felt like an hour but i had been there 30 minutes and so it took me three or four hours to watch this two and a half hour thing because i i wanted to make sure i was completely present um and i do think like if i was in a movie theater or if i was in the theater itself I would have definitely been more attentive, but I think it's because it's on Disney plus and I'm sitting on my couch mm-hmm. and my viewing habits are such are so ingrained in me that um, I started, you know, the ADHD millennial brain started going off. Um, but after like, once I hit it, I, once I finished, I was just, I was just, there was, there were chills. 
Um, there was just a lot. I let the I let the credits run just so I could just think about it and breathe about it, and it and it sat with me still. Like even you know two weeks later, you know we're we're recording this on the fifteenth, and it came out what July third, is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. And so two weeks later, pretty much, I'm still uh, singing songs. I'm still like thinking about moments in it. Uh, I'm still humming humming things and and still thinking about the things I've seen and heard in it, uh, which is, which is not something that happens a lot. Um, especially for me when I, cause I consume a lot of, of media. So I, I, that, those are my thoughts. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I, I feel you on the viewing thing. I'm going to circle back around to that when I, cause I, you know, obviously I, I, my first exposure was the cast album and I just remember being like, like the fir- even the first like the opening track and anybody who's I think experienced it well most anybody I've seen some people that just like they like I'll watch the first song and I can't get into it um but I think most people even that first song people are like okay this is kind of cool like your head starts bopping a little bit you're like this is different this is interesting um I mean Leslie Adam Jr. is phenomenal and so um, you know, his, even that delivery of just that song, I think pulls you in. And then there's so many voices and there's so many things to like pick up on and you don't know who any of those people are. And so your, your brain's trying to wrap around it. Um, I think the first time I listened to the musical all the way through, um, the first song that like broke me was satisfied. Um, and that's when I was like, oh my God. And here's the thing. I knew nothing of what that looked like. Um, I just knew what it sounded like. Um, but even no, even like hearing it um, was like, oh my gosh, this is like, there's a lot going on here. Um, that's an incredibly fast rap piece and just musically is really good. Um, and so I was like, okay, this is, this is what's up. This is like, I, I cannot wait to hear where this is going next. And I was just, I think I was on a road trip like by myself and I was just like entranced in it. And I listened to it half like the first half the first act I listened to on the way to where I was going and I listened to the second act on the way home um, and was able to get through both of them and I was just like this is one of the best things I've ever heard um and then the Disney plus didn't I mean it didn't let me down I feel like um and we'll talk about this as we move through the show but I I got such an insight into songs that I knew pretty well but like had never seen the way they played out and that makes a difference for a lot of these songs I think um and so yeah my my that's a long version of saying I think when I first experienced it I was like this is literally like one of the best like this is going to be one of my new favorite things like ever I think so that's where I was Audrey what about you yeah so the first time I listened to it I was similar to you I listened to the first act and then took a little bit of a break And I think it was just the next day, though, it was like, I listened to the first act and then let that sit and then listened to the second act uh, the next day. And one of our first impressions was the density of the story, right? Like how, like, like the breadth of what is covered in the span of this one musical and all of the massive historical events that are happening woven in and through this personal life story and and recognizing like oh these are real people who had real lives real relationships they're not just like figureheads right so one of the first impressions for me was like 
putting skin on these these founding fathers Mm. and really recognizing like oh these are humans these are human beings who were not perfect and we know that like intellectually but seeing it play out and or even like even through hearing it of like you know Hamilton's infidelity and like this amazing love like relationship that he had and then like how he just threw that away and and for such a thing that felt like why like why would you make that choice and and so really going on that journey with Hamilton of that story of of his imperfection and having to answer for those choices was really satisfying for me because it humanized him and humanized a lot of the founding fathers in different ways and I think at the end of it that the message that you're left with of you know what you what you leave like what people tell about you your legacy is what you leave right like you don't get to decide what your story is and and for me that was really really profound at the time I was in a like a time of transition of deciding like where do I go next so for me it was very poignant Mm -hmm. for what was going on in my own personal life so I really connected to that theme of like what story do I want my life to tell Mm. That's good. That's deep. I just liked the rapping. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, but no, I think, honestly, I think that points to something that's, that's really cool about this show is I think it, it, it hits people in different ways. I mean, I think that's probably true mm. of, all, of all like art, but um, I think what's, what's been interesting to me about this, this, the idea of Hamilton is that you could take someone who cared like zero about history, but if they were into hip hop, they're probably going to pull a lot out of this. Um, Cause he like layered it with, there's hip hop references all over it that we'll talk about when we get to like their individual songs, there's theater references all over, all over it that we'll, you know, we'll talk about. Um, there's history layer. I mean, it's just, there's so much to pull up, to pull away and like dig at and get into according to where you're at um you know he's mentioned Lin-Manuel has mentioned a couple of times that the show hits different um in different times um so there's lines that get a you know applause now that I mean they always get applause but they get a different kind of applause now so like mm. the immigrants we get the job done line plays totally different in, you know in 2020 um and so I think you know that that to me is what's so cool about it is that there's all these different you can almost be anywhere I think and come to this show. And I don't know if in my brain, I feel like that's unique. Maybe it's not, maybe I'm putting too much like weight in on this show, but like, I feel like I've been able to get more people. If you can ever get them to sit down and listen to any of it, I've been able to get more people on board with this musical as opposed to like, if I tried, I, okay. I tried to make someone watch Sunday in the park with George with me the other day. And they're like, no, not, I'm not doing that. that went that was going far like you went deep into the musical theater like you went land. you went too far you went too far so what <laughs> happened was is I had just fallen down that particular hole and I wanted to drag somebody with me and um they were not having it we got we got they got to intermission and then we never we never came back to it well I think wow well, that's impressive yeah yeah <laughs> I think it was just because of Mandy Patinkin honestly <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think what your what your thing about people getting different things out of the same art and that art speaks to you differently based on where you are and what you what you're doing. Um, I think that's just I think that's just great art in general. Like I know that there are movies that spoke to me differently when I was 15 
and they hit different now mm. um or music like i you know i one of my favorite bands is the beatles and so like there's certain songs that i loved when i was eight that i still love now you know 20 plus years later but i love them for different reasons and so i think the mm. same thing goes for for any musical like i think you have the nostalgia factor but then i also think it really reminds you of like your time and it and it and it hits different um and i think i think hamilton is 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 that that's what separates hamilton from the average broadway show or even just the average piece of art um is that it can hit in so many different ways hmm. yeah what's what you got audrey i think there are a few other musicals and shows in general so i i guess not just narrowing it only to musical theater but plays and shows that i mean we've seen shakespeare performed for how long right and if you if you a lot of people have a similar experience with shakespeare and i'm lin-manuel i love you you're not shakespeare not yet but so i'm not putting them on the same level but shakespeare you know it, it's similar in the way that it's taught in schools or like you maybe listen to it and then you see it on stage and it's like an, a completely different experience mm -hmm. and I think Hamilton can be sort of in that same vein even what we've been talking about of like listening to it and having one experience and then seeing it and like suddenly other things were illuminated so I think um that's kind of a rabbit hole but I I think there are other plays that do this same thing that what I think is interesting about the fact that it hits different or it continues to be relevant is that maybe we're dealing with the same things over mm -hmm. and over again. Like West Side Story was written in the 50s and it's still like very poignant now. Mm -hmm. So I think the my like hypothesis is that the things that come up and continue to hit differently are lessons that we haven't really learned yet from from the art, from the music, from the storytelling. And so it keeps coming up and being profound because like, oh, that thing is still happening. That thing still hasn't changed. Mm. Um, so I think there are, there are, I think they're rare. I think they are rare that they like truly stand the test of time and that you can see it in its original version and it still is as poignant. But I think they do exist. They're just not super common. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I think I was so excited when I saw that they recorded this version because I mean, it was years ago that, that he was like, oh, yeah, we recorded the original cast. Um, and I just remember being like, that was so cool. The only frame of reference that I had was I owned two music, well, I, more musicals than that, but I own like two like Broadway musical, like VHSs growing up. Um, one of them was Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat because my parents had it um go, 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 Joe. And, and then cats um and i'm i went and saw cats in theaters i did um and i saw it in the, the i saw it at the fox um when i was a kid it was the second show i ever saw i went from beauty and the beast to cats that was that's how that worked and um so i'm still into it and honestly and we can argue about this later like i didn't hate the movie i hated a lot about the movie but i didn't hate the movie um and so, yeah, my point in all that was like, I was like, oh, yeah, I had this recording of the cat, like the cast of cats doing it before, I think before it went off Broadway. Um, I think it was like in the 90s. I don't even know what recording that was. But in my brain, that's what it was. 
And I was just like, this is such a cool idea. Like we're going to be able to see the original cast um, at some point in the future. I just didn't know that was going to be 2020. And I don't think neither did Lin-Manuel or did anybody. Um, Cause we were supposed to be watching in the Heights in theaters in July of 2020. Um, but yeah. no, here we are watching, um, you know, Hamilton on Disney plus and Broadway's literally closed. Um, which I think was for a push. so long. Yeah, right. Which was a push for that, right? Like, I think there's a maybe a, there's a thirst there that I think is being quenched by the fact that it's on Disney Plus and not to get too high and whatever. But like, I think I hope it's opened up parts of theater to people that couldn't get to it before. Um, I hope I hope that we're learning something because I feel like that's been my and you can tell me because you're 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 a part of the the machine, so to speak. But like. I feel like there's so many people who can't get into that world for a lot of different reasons. Um, and this has kind of opened it up, I think, and hope. Yeah. Do you mean people who can't get into the world as in, as a spectator, as a participant, all I, of the above? I think, I think maybe they're connected because I think if you, if like, if you have a, like, and I understand that shows are popular and then it becomes hard to get tickets. I get that. Um, but I think there's a, you know, there's a price point that sometimes people can't get to that then communicates, well, that that's not for me. And I think one of the things that I, I that makes me happy about Hamilton is I think that if you can get over that part, which for different times in the show's run has been really, really hard to do, but you realize that like, oh, this is for anybody. Um, mm -hmm. That's what I hope. I, I don't know. There's a part of me that wants more of this to happen. Like, I think more shows need to be recorded and then put somewhere. Yeah, I think uh, a major issue that I have with theater, even being part of the business, is its accessibility, right? Mm -hmm. And the fact that it is, you can watch a recording, but there is no replacement for literally being in the space, right? Like, it happens one time, the audience is a participant yeah. in that show. Whether you're on stage or not, like the energy as a performer, as a person that has sat in many seats, as a person who's worked backstage, th that particular performance can never be repeated, even if you put every single person in that seat again. It's just, it happens one time and then it's gone. Yeah. And so that thing is what still isn't accessible just by recording. Sure. Now, I think recording is, is an amazing substitute for like the midway point, right? Mm -hmm. So having this as a way to like, because what has happened in theater is that because it's not accessible financially, only people who are wealthy, who are older, who have money that is expendable are able to spend their money in that way. And theater is supposed to be a reflection of life, right? And that's not just the wealthy or the people who, you know, have had a lot of privilege that could have season tickets to shows at the Fox. So that's the whole point of theater is that it's supposed to reflect life and that's how it changes lives, right? Is that it, you see yourself on stage and there's, there's suddenly a light bulb that goes off of like, oh, maybe I can make that choice for myself too, right? Mm. And Hamilton does such a great job of, there's so much diversity in the cast because representation is important, right? So you have this show that has just, people from all backgrounds, like playing roles that like, quote unquote, like are not supposed to be played by people that look like them, right. but there they are doing it. Right. And, and so 
young seven-year-old child in the seat sees someone on stage that looks like them and suddenly it's possible. So for that reason, the the filmed version of that does the same thing, right? right. So it does this one very important piece, which is representation. So I think hopefully, ideally, we like build, we have more of these recordings, we build more of an audience and help theaters understand that like, actually, if you make your prices just a little bit lower, then you might have audiences full all of the time of right. people who are young and that are gonna grow up and want to continue to go back to see theater when they're older. Yeah. I think the other thing that you have, you lack accessibility to is, um, is quality. Like when you do that with the price, like your price is a great point and then the quality, because, you know, I, I'm a youth pastor. And so as a result, I go see a lot of like my kids plays and they do a great job. They do, they work really hard on it. And I know that everybody involved puts a, puts a really hard on it. But if you have to, if you have to watch guys and dolls, junior or Aladdin (laughs) junior, like, you don't go for the for the quality. And so if you see the at like I hear a lot of people who have the theater bug and they want to get but they don't know where to get involved or people who don't know they have it until they see the high quality aspects of it. It's like I know for me like I love going to see live theater. I love going to see live music. I know people love going to see live sports and when you see it at that top level it inspires you and makes you want to be up to that level. And yeah. so if you like is what you're seeing is like when you see your when you see someone who looks like you doing this and they're doing it at such a high level you want to that's your aspiration. You want right. to get there. And and I think that that I think I think all of those points that you made, Audrey, were perfect. Um, and I, I just wanted to add on to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So that now we've, you know, gushed over, you know, accessibility and, and Hamilton being streaming and look, we're all excited. Um, so here's what we're going to do. Um, so starting next week, whenever the next week we sit down and record, this is, um, we are going to start going through the, the show song by song. Um, and, ideally that's going to be you know an, a song an episode um i keep saying i think we're going to have some songs that are going to be more than one episode but we'll see um it depends on how far we pull things apart um but for now now that we've kind of talked about the show and kind of what we think about it um let's do everybody your favorite song right now because here's what we're going to do at the end of this we're going to do that again um, and see if we're still in the same place um but favorite song, um, Andy, do you want to, are you okay starting? I feel like people who love the, who love the musical and seen it and heard it a ton of times should go first. Okay. So then Audrey, <laughs> you get the go. Yeah, I'm happy to go first. Uh, so my favorite has transitioned, I think, over time. So hmm. it's tricky as a performer to know what do I think is the best song, what the most fun to sing so obviously I'm going to be drawn to like the female songs in the show but I think actually my favorite song as far as the content and what's happening in the show is Quiet Uptown Mm. yeah why tell me why yeah uh so there's this massive conflict and question that's hanging in the air of whether they're going to be able to get over this huge thing or not, right? Mm. And we thought that the affair and the papers were like 
the massive thing and then something even worse happens when their son dies and he's part of it mm. so it's like it's in a normal life the affair is enough and him like writing about it is like bye you're gone goodbye never talk to me again and then on top of that you helped our son die essentially right. so like there's this like this massive gravity to what's happening between them and and the the gentle like composition of that music of them literally trying just to find quiet to find peace and that that leads them back to each other the the moment of them you know the way it's blocked on stage of them actually touching again for the first time is mm -hmm. like wow like it just wrecks me every time so yeah. that experience and knowing like the the lyric of like forgiveness right can you imagine and knowing that me myself i can't imagine forgiving my husband for all of those things as, especially as a person who's not even married yet like we're about to get married in november <laughs> i'm like mm -hmm. <laughs> like no 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 but that like looking at that and and the strength and the power that that takes and and because eliza is such a gently strong person throughout the whole mm. show and mm. that is like oh man you see that like shine in that moment so i think it's 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 a sneak attack song like and it obviously is emotional but like her strength in that moment just really gets me mm. yeah yeah that that song is i'm a mess by the end of that song um and i'm i'm okay i'm not i'm i know that i think that piano walk down there the, 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 the that whole thing that's in a different song in the play and i i'm trying to remember now where it is um i think i might be wrong on that but i feel like it's one of those there's like eight gajillion things we're going to talk about over the course of this show that like get repeated there's like a million motifs in this thing um, and so I don't want to, I don't want to do mm -hmm. all that work here, but that song to me has this like payoff of what we've been going through. And so, yeah, it's, it, I'm a mess. Um, my wife actually mm -hmm. told me when we were watching it, cause she's heard it too, not as much as me, but she's heard it, but we were watching it on, um, the first time. And she goes, yeah, I probably would have been crying except for you were crying. And that, like, <laughs> so yeah. Apparently, there's room for both of us right the, the world is wide enough um <laughs> hey uh yeah. hey that's, that's, that's number two um if you're listening along uh playing the the uh raise a mic drinking game now it's the time uh, we can't have a drinking game in the first episode um no. <laughs> my favorite um okay first time around satisfied um was was it um, which is, you know, for all the reasons that you would expect it to be, uh, it's got an, like, I, uh, to me, it's a better rap part than my other, one of my other favorite songs, which was Guns and Ships. I think it's a better part. Um, it's longer. There's more going on there. It's not as fast, I don't think, but it's, it's really cool. And then just the music part of it is great. Um, that takes on a whole nother level that I'll talk about when we get to it, but like on the stage, seeing what's happening there. But my favorite song um, currently and has been for a while is Wait For It. Um, just because, again, Leslie Odom Jr. is fantastic. Um, but also, 
what I didn't know going into Hamilton was how much of it was not about Hamilton, like not actually. Um, and to have Aaron Burr telling, I mean, he's pretty much the, 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 what do they call him? The muse of the whole story, right? Like he's telling, he's telling everything that's happening. Through, I mean, you, and the so, narrator. Yeah. The narrator. That's what I meant to say. Look at me, not knowing words. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like he's, he's doing this whole thing. And that song, I think, sets up everything that he's, and I think it is what it's supposed to do. Like, it's telling you everything that he's going to be about for the rest of the thing. Um, every every little beat about what's going to be problematic between him and Hamilton gets set up in that song. This tension of which of them is right and which of them is wrong, which gets played with throughout the show. Because um, there are definitely times where if Alexander would have done what what Burr would have done, he would be fine. Um, and I think, you know, obviously when Burr finally decides to live like Hamilton, then that becomes problematic. Um, and that whole song, which is not very long, um, sets all of that up. And it's beautiful. That's, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Um, Andy. So mine, um, mine has switched. I think the first, at the first few weeks, I've listened, I listened to, or after I watched it, uh, was helpless, helpless, just stuck in my head and stayed there. So in the, in for, to be, to com be completely pure in this podcast, I have not listened to anything since. I'm so, I'm so proud of you. It has been the hardest thing that I have ever, one of the hardest things I've ever done, uh, because all I want to do is just dive in and learn everything about it and learn all of the words and learn all of the songs. So I, uh, until today, I had not listened to any of it outside of what I've heard over like social media and stuff. So helpless has been in my head. Um, but the one that I think is my favorite is, um, is you'll be back and all of those various interludes yes. with King George. Um, I think Jonathan Groff just like, Hand, like hams it up and just overdoes it uh, and just lays it lays on that smarminess even even after the war and in, in like that final interlude when he learns about John Adams it's just oh that guy <laughs> and he's just laughing like <laughs> good luck like Washington was the only one that had anything worth mm -hmm. it um, and just the catchiness of it and like a little bit like I'm a sucker for a good like pop song, like a pop sing along. And when he goes in the la da 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 that so that I think that's what stand makes it stand out to me. Well, Andy, that's because it's a Beatles song. It's not a Beatles song. It is basically a Beatles song. It's a pop, it's a it's a sixties pop song. Um I'll have to go back in some interviews, but I think. I think Lynn would disagree with what you just sure. said. <laughs> sure. um, no, but no, I, I hear you. And it, it is, is wonderful. And I had no idea how I knew he was good, right? I've heard him a lot. Yeah. I didn't know that was the way he played it. Um, so like when I first watched it and to see him and we'll talk about this again, I'm sure, but like he barely moves the first time that he comes out on stage but it's so captivating. And I got to think some of that is helped by the fact that we get the close-ups um, that we, you wouldn't get in the theater. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. I, think, I think you're right, Audrey. I think there, it is like a middle ground. I mean, going back to something you said earlier, but I think it's almost like, it's not quite a movie, but it's not quite a stage play. And I think there's something good about that 
because you get to see things that you wouldn't have um, like all of the spit that Jonathan Groff lets out uh, every time he sings. Um, yeah, he's famous for that, you know, even in the other shows that he's been in. I, for, did, yeah. I didn't know that. Um, so I just assumed he was like really playing it up. Um, but then I, I Googled nah, it and he's like, awakening. Nah. He's like, that's just what I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he spits everywhere. <laughs> also, can we just for a yeah. second, um, that dude was in Glee and he's in Frozen. And um, I was shook by the Glee part. I didn't realize that was him until recently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he and Leah Michelle were in Spring Awakening original cast together. So there's like some worlds coming back together. Yeah, in world, Glee. worlds collide. Mm-hmm worlds collide mm-hmm. well and Idina Menzel was in an episode of, a couple of episodes of Glee um yeah. she yeah. was his she was his coach in that show and um, her mom yeah and her and her mom yeah um because of Glee because of, so, of Glee <laughs> so there's a um this is a fun story I told somebody the other day my my two-year-old is super into Frozen 2 he's barely ever seen the first Frozen but he's into Frozen 2 mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and his favorite song in Frozen 2 is Lost in the Woods um which I'm super as a parent am super proud of that um he is two so he doesn't know it's called Lost in the Woods he knows it as Reindeer um and so when we get in my car every morning to take him to daycare he I buckle him up and I get in the front seat and he goes Reindeer Reindeer because what he wants to listen to is Lost in the Woods um so the other day he woke up from a nap and I was like, Hey, let's turn on Hamilton and see if he'll watch it. Cause he's kind of like a musical kid. And uh, obviously, cause he likes frozen and uh, literally uh, Jonathan Groff walks out on stage and sings his first note of you'll be back. And my kid goes reindeer. Um, yes! I, was, I was like, what? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so either he just didn't want to be watching that and wanted to be watching reindeer or my kid understood that that was also Kristoff. Um, no, that, for sure. He knew that is a skill that, you know, my wife does have is knowing whose people's voices or what. And so I don't know if that you can know if a two-year-old has that gift, but I'm banking on it. Uh, so yeah, fun, I love story. That. fun story about my kid <laughs> and reindeer. Um, okay. Now you guys know um, what our favorite songs are, you know, what we think about the show and I think that's a good point to uh, to take a to take a break um, until we're back in the room where it happens. Oh no! <laughs> you stole it. <laughs> no, 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 I mean, no, no, no. <laughs> I had it in my head. I had it in my head, and you—it's like you mind you mind I, melted it away. I was like, how can I put more titles into one sentence? Is what I really. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are forty-six titles, so that's plenty of sentences that we can make here. <laughs> Um, so many. <laughs> <laughs> we are doing this on Zoom, so there's jokes that could be made there, but I'm saving them for later. Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> I did it too. I did it. I did it too. <laughs> I did it too. Aaron Burser. I um, want to be included. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, you guys are so fun. I'm so excited to see where we're going to go with this. Uh, if you are listening and you've made it through, we thank you and we can't wait to come back next week and let you hear what we think of the very first song. So uh, our homework as a podcast is to go and listen to the first song. Um, Andy, you're free to do that whenever you want to now. Um, I feel like every week is just going to be like one collective sigh from Andy of like, I finally got to hear that song again. <laughs> uh, it's going to take all it's going to take all the power I have to pause 
Hamilton on Disney Plus. Are you doing, are you going to do that? Are you going to do like, you're going to listen to it song by song, like week to week? I think so. I'm going to try end up, I may end up like cheating a little bit on being like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. What about this one? It's okay. It, so. I mean, it's a, we know what, what Hamilton does. So I, I guess you can cheat all you want yeah. to. Yeah. That's terrible. That's a terrible <laughs> joke. Uh. And, on, and on that note, um, <laughs> on that note, we're going to end this thing and uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, bye guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Raise a Mic podcast. If you're still here, we know you're a Hamill fan like us, and we want to invite you to become part of the show. You can send us your fun takes on the songs coming up by shooting us an email to raiseamic at gmail.com. If you're using the Anchor app, you can actually leave us a voice memo, and we may use that in the show. Like we said, go ahead and subscribe, review, and rate the podcast because it really does help us rise up those ranks. And make sure to share this podcast with all your Hamilton-loving friends. Until we see you again, we thank you for stopping by and listening to us rant about this musical that we all love so much. Till we meet again, raise a mic, everybody. <laughs>